Well, hey, everybody. This is Heidi St. John, and it's Monday, and uh, we're almost a week out of the election. And since I am a Portland, Oregon girl, and I live just across the river from Portland, Oregon, I can tell you, it's been a little bit of a, uh, it's a, it's been a thing living around here lately. It's really, a, it's, a, it's tough to watch people going down, uh, downtown into the city that I love and, and grew up in and uh, destroying it. Uh, because they're unhappy and throwing a temper tantrum that their person didn't win the election. So we got a lot of things we're praying about here in our home still, a lot of things that we're really thankful about. And one of them, uh, since it is November, one of them is you. I'm thankful for you guys. I'm thankful for all of you who are listening to the podcast. It's such an encouragement to me uh, just to hear from you. Today, I'm going to be taking one of the uh, questions from a listener. Our topic is going to be talking about, we're going to be talking today we. There's only one of me. I am going to be talking today about uh, encouraging words, hopefully, for those of you who are listening who are living with an unsaved spouse. This is a question I get all the time. We had this question come up in Tampa, Florida. Several women uh, submitted that question for a Q&A, and I decided to save it for a podcast because I feel like the audience is bigger. So I'm going to talk about that today. So if that's you, I hope that you're going to be encouraged today. God has a lot of encouragement for you from His Word and uh, it's important for us to be encouraging each other uh, from the Word of God. What is What does God say about living with an unsaved spouse? And God's Word is relevant to your life right now. So that's going to be the topic for today. A couple of things really quickly. I want to just do a little bit of housekeeping. I have been so consumed, really, with finishing up uh, my new book, which is coming out uh, here in a few months, that I have been sort of neglecting to let you guys know what's going on on the blog. Uh, m- all of my new necklaces are in, and I keep forgetting. I, I bring them around the country with me. I just brought them to Tampa when I did Fearless there. But if you're looking for a Christmas gift, we have a bunch of new necklaces, five new ones to be exact, and they center around the theme of my uh, speaking for 2017 which is redeemed. I'm going to be talking a lot about what it means to be redeemed, particularly today in the culture. And we have a lot of reasons to be thankful as women of God, as women of faith, because God's at work in the culture. So I'm actually looking down right now at the necklace that um, I'm wearing. One of my favorite ones is actually shaped like a heart, and it has a pearl on it that represents the pearl of great price. And it says redeemed on one side and on the back, the scripture reference for Isaiah 43 verse 1 is inscribed, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. That is the God that you serve. He loves you. And no matter what situation you find yourself in today, God has something for you in his word. I had the privilege uh, the other day of listening to my son-in-law preach at our church, and he was talking about just clinging to the authority of scripture. We were reading about who Uh, the Bible says that Jesus is and why it's so important for Christians to point to Jesus and to point other people to him. And man, we have an opportunity to do that in the culture right now. Uh, Certainly in in the wake of an election, which by the way, is turning out to be a landslide victory for uh, Trump. He's well over 300 electoral votes last time I I counted. And it's, it's just... I don't know. It's encouraging for me just to see God answering so many prayers. And we need to continue to pray for Donald Trump, for the transition, for the peaceful transfer of power. We need to be praying for the men and women around him. But we have so much to be thankful for and so much to be praying for in this country. And honestly, marriage is at the top of that list. God's heart is for marriage. It was his institution. He created it. And I want to read to you a little bit 
of one of the many emails that I get on this topic. And uh, this one actually sort of pushed me over the edge to kind of think, you know what, I'm going to talk about this as we're coming into the holidays, because I think it's really important. Sometimes women will meet me at events and they'll say, that they, they they feel a sense of, I don't know, what's the right word? Jealousy isn't really the right word. Although that's the word I guess it's been used a little bit because they see me working with my husband. And sometimes women will come up to me and say, I've always wanted to do that, but my husband doesn't know the Lord. And so it becomes a discouragement to them rather than an encouragement because they look at me and my husband and I who've been married for 27 years and we've been doing ministry together for a long time. Um, and they look at that and they sort of tend to feel discouraged by it because they've been praying for their husband or praying for their wife for a long time. And so a, a reader wrote to me and she said, Heidi, would you consider speaking to women on the podcast who are married to unsaved men? I've been married for 17 years to my husband, who I knew wasn't saved when we when we got married. And I knew what God's word had to say about it, but I chose to disobey. Now, the reason I, I chose this particular email uh, to address this question was because I was so glad that this uh, woman articulated that at the very beginning. Because I want to point out for those of you who are not married or those of you who have been married before, but you're divorced or you're single, you're currently single or whatever, God says that we are not to be unequally yoked. Uh, his word is very clear on this. And so if you're considering marrying someone who's not a believer, can I just encourage you right now that is disobedience to God and it results in sorrow. And so we need to be we need to know what god's word says and we need to learn to obey it and sometimes that's hard and that's really what this young woman is saying she said she chose to disobey she goes on to say i have been living the consequence of that and at times it's almost unbearable god has taught and still is uh, teaching so much over these years about how to be a godly wife for my husband. He is my husband, she's saying, is very much against God. He says things that sound demeaning and even hateful. He says he wishes that people would get rid of God for good. We have three children and we also homeschool, and I praise God for that. Although I cannot teach my children from a biblical perspective, I can be one who is with them every day, and I take opportunities to share with them what I feel. Uh, when I feel it's necessary to do that. But in doing that, I know it would make my husband angry. So I do a lot in secret, such as read my Bible and pray and listen to sermons, et cetera, et cetera. So, uh, so let's, let's talk about this a little bit because I know a lot of women are struggling with this and a lot of them feel uh, discouraged by watching other marriages uh, where a husband and wife are on the same page. And I think that's where so much of that pain and hurt comes from is, is because you want to be uh, working together toward a shared mission and a sense of shared purpose with your husband. And when you're not on the same page spiritually, that can be really hard to do. And honestly, you guys, living the Christian life um, without a Christian husband can be lonesome. And I have several friends who are doing it, and I've heard that it's often difficult. But I want you to be encouraged today because you can work directly with the Holy Spirit to um, make your faith appealing to your spouse who is not saved. And also, your role as a wife uh, has not changed according to God. So I'm going to encourage you to do exactly what you do if your husband was saved. Spend time with your husband. Um, our tendency, right, is is going to be to spend less time with them because we're at church and we're doing things that he's not necessarily interested in doing. But the Bible says that an unbelieving companion can be one to Christ through the character and conduct of a Christian spouse. That's 1 Peter 3, 1. It couldn't be more clear than that. And so the more time you set aside to be with your husband, the greater potential 
for the spiritual impact uh, in his life that you are going to have on him. And this is so important that you don't be discouraged. And you can be at peace, you guys, because you already have the Lord working for you. God is much more powerful than anything that you could ever say to your spouse who's unbelieving. And we need to learn to trust in the power of prayer. And I'll tell you guys, I am learning so much, especially in the last several months, but I feel like I'm just learning in a new way the power of prayer. And God has a lot to say about the um, the way that he wants to work in your life with your husband. The Bible teaches that for this reason, right, this is marriage, for this reason a man should leave his father and his mother and be united to his wife and the two should become one flesh. The Apostle Paul says in Ephesians 5, this is a profound mystery, but I'm talking about Christ and the church. This is why Paul could speak of the husband and wife sanctifying or making one another holy or set apart. He said, for the unbelieving husband has been sanctified through his wife and the unbelieving wife has been sanctified through her husband. So in other words, you can stop trying to change your spouse because that's just going to cause strife in your home. And and instead of trying to change your spouse, start praying and believing for a miracle. Instead, God is working to convert your spouse through you, but he's going to do it much more from your actions than from your words. You guys have heard the the phrase, you know, actions speak louder than words. Man, that's true. And God is at work and you need to trust that God's at work. And in fact, God might even prefer to do his work without you saying anything. First Peter 3, uh, wives in the same way, be submissive to your husband so that uh, any of them who do not believe the word, they might be won over without words, but by the behavior of the wives when they see the purity and reverence of your life. Uh, I heard uh, once that a woman had argued for many months with her husband because he was objecting to her bringing her Christian friends into their home for a prayer group. And one day she read in the Bible that it was God's plan for her husband to be the spiritual authority in her life. And so she told him uh, why having a prayer group was important to her, but that she was going to respect his wishes. And guess what? Uh, To her surprise, the next week when she was getting ready to go to the prayer group at her friend's house, her husband announced that he was going to go with her, and that was the beginning of his decision to follow Jesus. So you need to learn to release your spouse to God. God has sent the Holy Spirit to change your spouse, and you can't do that. How many of you guys have, have learned that just from being married, right? There, there are things that we all struggle with, all of us, even even those of us who have um, who are married to men who are committed to following Jesus. Marriage can be difficult, but we want to let the life of Christ minister the love that's going to bring our spouse around to walking with God and who and to a place in their life where they want to walk with God. And I, I want to encourage you also, don't make the goal of having a perfect Christian family an idol, uh, because the Lord is in control, and you can trust Him. You can trust Him to do what's best for your family. It doesn't mean that you don't work hard at raising your children up in the Lord, but there are things in your life that you can't change. And for those of you who are listening and you're married to an unbelieving spouse, that's one of them. You you can't change that. So let the Lord deal with uh, with your husband in his own way and in his own timing. Some of the things the Lord is teaching me recently have been that, you know, I come up with all kinds of plans, but the Lord directs our steps. Jay and I have been working really hard at opening up a homeschool resource center here in Clark County where we live because the need is so great. And it sometimes it feels like, man, you know, God's answering our prayers and the gates of, of hell won't prevail against us. And the next day we're just like, why are we even doing this? This is so hard. We've been praying and it's one step forward and two steps back and three steps forward and one step back. And that's kind of how it is. And as women, 
we have to seriously watch that we don't become a hindrance to our husband's salvation um, by becoming discouraged or by nagging or judging him uh, for not uh, believing what we believe. And no matter what, women, we are called to be respectful and submissive to our husbands. Uh, there's a book, one of my favorite all-time books is Experiencing God by Henry Blackaby. It's a life changer. If you haven't read it, it's an older book now. I guess uh, it was written in the 90s, but it's a wonderful opportunity for you. If you all link, In fact, I'll link back to it today. Uh, Experiencing God by Henry Blackaby. It's a great way. Just get into the, get into the Word of God and to look at, study what it actually means to experience God and experience um, his healing and his restoration, because God is in the business of healing. And we have to learn how to trust that God is at work, even when we don't see him at work, okay? So it doesn't mean that uh, that we just sort of give up and throw our hands in the air, but it does mean that we recognize that our responsibility is how we respond to the Lord and how we respond to our husband and children. And you don't want to get in the Lord's way of working with your husband, we want to be not in God's way. We want to be working in tandem with the Holy Spirit and praying for our husband who isn't saved and praying that God would uh, speak to him and that he would be encouraged by our actions. So just as your call is to respect your spouse's position and to love and cherish him or uh, your wife, your children are also called to honor your spouse. And so you want to be setting that example for them. Uh, something that blessed me many years ago, and this is a little bit different, but it speaks to the issue of respect, uh, was, and I wrote about this in the very first book that I wrote. If you haven't read my book on marriage, I hope that you will. It's called The Busy Homeschool Mom's Guide to Romance. It's not just for homeschoolers. Uh, it was written to an audience of homeschoolers, which when I wrote that book many years ago was my primary audience. But the whole um, the whole point of writing the book was to uh, to really encourage women to stay totally engaged in their marriages and not to put their children above their marriages. And we are called to honor um, our husbands. And it's really tempting uh, to dishonor them, especially when you're frustrated and discouraged. And I watched my sister-in-law when my brother left her, oh my goodness, it's been probably 12 or 13 years now. But when he did that, I watched my sister-in-law be so careful. She had been so wounded and she had every right to lash out, to say unkind things about my brother and she didn't. And her her kids are in high school now, and they have been. Uh, they love their dad largely because of the way that my sister in law uh, acted toward him when she was around them. She was so careful not to undermine him and let the kids know they needed to pray for their dad. And you can help your children understand that they also can be witnesses to the, their other parent by their respect and love. The Bible says in Ephesians six: Children, obey your parents and the Lord, for this is right honor your father and mother. So I really just want to encourage you. I know it's so it's it can be frustrating, but don't let the enemy rob you of the Holy Spirit's help by brooding and becoming discouraged and forgetting to pray or just stopping to pray. And even though you you're, you're uh, not called to broadcast your frustration or disappointment over your spouse's unbelief, you can be sharing and you should be sharing your feelings and your questions with a Christian counselor or with uh, Christian friends from your church and ask them to pray for you. And women, I'm here to tell you, as you devote your time to the Lord, uh, God will hear your prayers. The Bible says that when you pray that, that God literally is bending down to listen. He's bending down to listen. And so if you're married to somebody who's not saved right now, uh, your actions are being watched 
They're being watched by your husband. They're being watched by your children. And so be careful to be the witness that you want to be to your husband at all times. Uh, there's, I can talk about this, I guess, for another 10 or 15 minutes, but I don't have another 10 or 15 minutes. But I'm going to link back to a couple of articles I think are really, were very excellent on this. Uh, so go back to the show notes today. If you're listening on Stitcher or on iTunes, head on over to HeidiStJohn.com forward slash podcast. And in the show notes today, I will link back to uh, several articles that I think are very helpful and some books I think are helpful on the topic as well. But just know that God is working on your behalf. Love your husband just like you would love him if he was saved. You want to love him in exactly the same way. You want to maintain sexual intimacy with your husband. You want to encourage him. You want to respect him. You want to honor him. But more than anything else, you want to pray for him. God is going to answer your prayers. He's listening to your prayers and he loves you and he loves your husband as well. So keep praying. Don't be discouraged. God has good things. Jeremiah 29 11 says, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. That is the God we serve. I want to encourage you uh, today one more time. Uh, head on over to HeidiStJohn.com. We've got new necklaces up there. I think you guys are going to be really encouraged. They make a really great Christmas gift. And if you've got anything that you want me to discuss at the Busy Mom Podcast, go ahead and shoot me an email, podcast at thebusymom.com. Let's pray for each other, men and women. Stay in the Word of God. Trust in the authority of Scripture and be active in your prayer life. God is on the move like we have never seen Him before in this generation. And I, for one, am excited about what He's doing. I'll see you back here next time. For more encouragement, visit me online at thebusymom.com.